As women, we share some of the same personal traits, such as empathy and strength. Women of reflection, all women are unified as warriors. We celebrate, embrace a sisterhood of strong, divine women. We are warriors. Hello, warriors. This month, we celebrate you, all my beautiful sisters, women around the world. It is Women History Month. The month of March is recognized as Women History Month. And today's episode, I will have a panelist of speakers for this episode, and the topic is refusing to be silent, which is highlighted with things around the world that we refuse to be silent about as women. We will also honor historical women around the world and the role that they played. We're refusing to be silent in this episode, guys. Despite tremendous oppositions that we face as women, This episode highlights and encourages women around the world to refuse to allow their voices to be silent. But before we begin, I would like to start with our warrior prayer. So Nairn Far, join me. Heavenly Father, I ask that you give us strength. Strength of a warrior. Fill our hearts to encourage women around the world to be respectfully humble, to stand with honor, to fight with love, to use our voices to allow your light to shine in us so we can make a way for the young. Bless all sisters, all mothers, all daughters, and grandmothers around the world, God. Lord, we thank you for allowing this month to just shine light on women, God, and the strength that we have within us. God, we ask that you continue to use this platform to honor women around the world, God. I ask that you allow your light to shine in me, so that I can be a blessing to other gods and that everyone can listen to this episode and find something within themselves that they can take, reflect, rebuild, and know that their voice has so much value. God, I thank you for all you're doing and all that you're going to do for everyone around the world. Amen. Before we get started, I would like to introduce our guest panelists, the women for today. Hi, hello everyone. Warriors, my name is Lavinia Graham. And I'm so happy to be here. Hi, everyone. I'm Amber. Um, like Lavinia said, I'm so happy to be here and I'm excited for today's conversation. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie. Uh, I'm glad to be here as well and uh, looking forward to the conversation with the ladies. Hi, Lana. So happy to be here and can't wait to get started in the conversation. Okay. So, of course, It is Women History Month, and we're going to get started. I'm so happy to have all my beautiful sisters with me today. And our first topic is, we're going to discuss some women heroes, historical women in history that has a strong contribution, but are historically overlooked. So I don't know if you guys know of anyone, but I'm going to share my person first. I love Ianla Von Zant. I think she's really inspirational. She has done a lot for the Black community, African-Americans, just a, a fix to help a lot of people heal. Whether you are on her show or watching, she did, gives seminars. She's done a lot just to help repair and to identify. And I don't think that she gets the credit that she deserves for a lot of the things that she's given back to the community. And I think that historically she's overlooked as an African-American woman 
compared to a lot of other maybe talk show hosts and people that have similar shows as her. So that was my answer for that question. Anyone else? I'll go. Um, So mine is someone who we all know as Tiffany Dubois from Insecure. (laughs) Her name is Amanda Seals. And um, the contrary to her character on Insecure, she is an extreme intellectual. She speaks on, you know, everything from politics to social injustice and, you know, race and, you know, police brutality, et cetera. Um, she is kind of like a powerhouse. Like she, she acts, she can do a little singing. Um, she, she does, she used to do gymnastics. Like she, she's really, she's Caribbean, um, which is cool. She just shows ultimately that, that women are not one dimensional. So you can be funny, you can be beautiful, you can be smart, you can be silly. Um, so she kind of shows all of that for me. And I feel like she's just a great um, example of somebody that little girls are, or even myself, like she's just a great person to look up to, to admire. Um, and I just thought it was cool how she just, you know, it was kind of like a jack of, of all trades. If you follow her on Instagram as well, like you might, you know, be nodding your head like, wow, oh my gosh, she's speaking some true stuff. And then also just be kicking and, and cracking up, you know? Um, so she kind of just shows that women, we are not um, one dimensional, we are multidimensional and we can be good at many things and be and excel at many things and just be overall a powerhouse and never take no for an answer. I love that. I agree with that one. So for me, I think uh, for the question, because uh, I was thinking about it and I wasn't sure if I wanted to use somebody who was current, who was in the past, who's alive, who's not. And I kind of just kept coming back to our vice president. Uh, for me, I know it's like the easy answer, but I just always, you know, have admired her for some time. And the fact that she's, um, you know, African-American and I believe Indian, I believe as well. Mm-hmm. But I've been um, like watching her. I just... I don't know, I just fell in love with her charisma and, and her stature. She's like classy, but also can be down with claws at the same time. You know what I mean? So for me, just watching her from where she was to now being the Madam Vice President, it's just um, gives me hope, you know, even during these times of COVID and you not know, knowing what's next. And I just feel like, I guess like the millennials and the younger generations have somebody else they can look up to and think that they can also be sitting in the White House as well, not just, you know, driving by it or, you know, their dreams can, you know, only go so far. And I believe she kind of gives off, from what I've seen, um, this aura about her that, you know, sounds cliche, but, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to. So for me, she's just, I don't want to say underrated, but she's just inspiration that I think a lot of people need to look at more than just seeing her as just one thing. I think I feel that she kind of like uh, checks off all the boxes. For me, it's uh, Ava DuVernay. Um, she's a producer. Of course, she's widely known right now for um, the Central Park Five. And I was just reading about her and I noticed that she makes a lot of films um, or should I and documentaries focused on highlighting the innocence of people and basically everything that 
you know, not everything, but most things African-Americans have been through, um, in, through gen, throughout generations. And I think that it's, it's really great to have a producer out in today's day and age doing that. Ava DuVernay is definitely someone to be highlighted during the season. I would probably say um, Sarah Jakes Roberts. She's like a favorite of mine and especially in like a male dominated industry. Um, you know, sometimes we overlook women and stuff like that. And she's definitely someone that's gotten me through like the darkest of times and like just her sermons are always on point and um, just always something you're really able to learn from. Uh, so that would definitely, definitely be my person. Like, there's still sermons I go back to this day and just have to keep watching over and over to say, like, hey, did you miss something on that sermon? Um, or are there other notes that you needed to uh, to take? So um, she's definitely one of my favorites. I'm cracking up right now because <laughs> she was my... <laughs> the the next question who I was... The next question that I wanted to ask you guys was, a woman alive today that you think will be influential for the future generation? Mm -hmm. And why do we choose these women? And that's who I chose. Yeah. Because I'm like, she's really a great influential person. Like for women, even for men, yeah. um, for teens who had uh, teen pregnancies, she's have, she, to this day, I listen to her old messages. I follow her new, she has a book club. She has a podcast. She has the YouTube yeah. There's so much that I've learned from her. Does anybody else have an influential person that they think would be great for our like upcoming generation? I would also say, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her, uh, Jackie Hill Perry. She's also really good. You should search her on Instagram. She, um, she has a book called, I don't want to butcher the name, but I think it's Gay Girl, Good God. I think so. Um, and basically she used to be a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And she just went through like a really like kind of gen, like not really knowing who she was and very unsure of who she was. And it wasn't until she came into Christ that she was able to find her identity in God. Mm -hmm. um, so just hearing her story is just so, 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 so amazing. I really encourage you guys to um, go back and listen to like, she has a podcast with her husband. Um, they do also, Lana, you're really into like spoken word and poetry. They do some really, really great poetry and great spoken word. Um, and she kind of just talks about her journey and it's really nice and insightful. So the second question, my answer is Yara Shahidi, mm. which is mm. someone else who I, uh, draw inspiration from. From again, a TV show, like I mentioned before, um, the show, she's the star of Grownish. She's the com complete package. Yara embodies all the admirable attributes that a young lady should aspire to or want to have. She's a young leader socially and politically, a thinker, super intelligent. And she uses her voice to uplift by speaking on topics that are world changing. And she's so young, so it's really inspiring. She's been interviewed by you know, the likes of, I'm, I, I believe, Oprah and also like Michelle Obama. You know, it's really cool to see. And I think she can really, you know, influence the, the newer generation, the younger generation in a positive way. Um, again, she, she uses her voice to uplift by speaking on topics that are, are world changing and forward thinking. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, um, she just received a well-deserved award, Woman of the Year for the uh -huh. UK magazine. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, 
during Women's History Month. She just got it, I, I believe, a few days ago. I saw it on her on her page. So I love it. It's like then you give us you give us the facts and then the show where to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> like my Netflix list is getting longer. <laughs> it's really cool that she won that this month because it's Women's His- History Month. So kudos to her. She's young and she's doing it. So the next question, I did uh, an open question on Instagram and I wanted to know what my warrior audience, like how they felt and what they were thinking. And one of the questions that I asked, what are some things that women remain silent about? I would honestly say, I can start. Um, I would say like sometimes like just our feelings in general. Um, I feel like oftentimes women are meant to be not not that we're meant to be silent of course but like in a work setting or you know different professional settings that you go to it's like if a woman has a voice it's like well who does she think she is and I think honestly if we want to get to the bottom of it a lot of times it's like even as african-american women when you have something to say it's like well who does she think she is like she's not the boss you know like why is she trying to be all assertive or this or that or you know we're we're given different titles and different labels um and i think that's even and i'm just speaking from experience a lot of times like in a work setting i'll i'd rather take the spotlight off of me only because I don't want to be perceived as like, well, who does Amber think she is? And it's like, no, I just have a good idea or something, you know? Um, So I think that's, I think that's a really, a really big one. We should be able to, you know, express ourselves, not feel like we're complaining, but we should be able to like vent in a safe and open space, you know, Um, without being judged and without feeling weak. Like we can be, we should be able to be vulnerable because I feel like too much, too often, where especially being, being black woman, um, when we, you know, say anything, it's like we're complaining or, and we already have to work two times harder to be better at everything. So it's a lot, you know? Um, but that's really it. Just, it's just knowing that it's okay to express the vulnerability. And I feel like, you know, we, we tend to be, to silence ourselves, not that necessarily that people are purposely doing it, but, or intentionally, doing it but I I do know that I have a tendency to not really express myself when I'm feeling vulnerable because I'm like we're like the strong one you know what I mean I know everyone has that like they're the strong friend or they're the strong family member they seem to have it all together or they usually have it all together but it's like no it's okay to to say hey like today's not a good day doesn't mean you're weak doesn't mean you've you know failed but just knowing that knowingness of like, it's okay to, to feel that way and also express that way, it makes you strong, if anything, because you can restore and you can, you know, get back to, to the way you usually are. So just, I feel like that's something that we definitely do silence ourselves, you know, that weakness, that vulnerability when we're feeling it, because we want to come off as strong because we're expected to be strong. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that's also like a big reason why it's so important that we have community. Um, because, you know, you can get weighed down by everything you're going through. And it's like, you know, yes, you're not looking for a therapist in everyone. No, I'm not saying that. But it's so important that you can have like a sisterhood, you can have these talks and say, hey, girl, work today was hard. It was stressful. Like, you're allowed to be real with people and you don't have to put on 
a mat. That's true. You, you need that. Um, and I think that's so important, um, especially as females. I love it. Posing this question and hearing everyone's comments, which were was awesome on the platform. What I was trying to figure out in this posting the question is to see if we all felt the same way and to get that like such a great response from everyone. It started to make me think deeper. And I'm like, wow. Um, so my question to you guys is, do you think the silence uh, behavior that I don't know to call it behavior or the way that we are as women, do you think that's a learned behavior or that's something that we just naturally do? And then if it's natural, like, why is that? Um, I'm going to say, honestly, I feel like sometimes it's like a culture thing. I agree. Um, you know, we're kind of learned to like, no, sit back. Like, you know, you, you don't have the best idea. You know, your thought is not better than this male or your thought is not better than this person. So it's like, you know, if you're told that over and over and over again, you know, as a child and, you know, like, Hey, I mean, even when, um, when you're younger, you know, your parents may be like, Oh, Hey, you like your opinion doesn't matter. And it's like, well, you're told that constantly as you're a child, your opinion doesn't matter. You grow up and then it's like, wait, I can have an opinion? Like, no way. Like, like, <laughs> when did, like, when did this start? So I always think it's good to say, like, no, let a child have an opinion. Like, if you're like, you know, something as small as where do you want to eat today? You know, that lets a child know, like, oh, wow, like my like what I want to do kind of matters. You know, I'm not telling your child to go run rampant and, and all that crazy stuff. But it's just like, hey, what do you want to wear today? You know, what do you want to do as an activity with the family today? That really teaches them like, oh, wow, you know, like I have a voice, you know, my opinion is going to matter. Um, and then when they grow up, you're, you're you're able to more express yourself. You're able to use that. Um and talk about your different opinions. So I definitely think it's something learned. Um, and I think that's something that we all have to work on. <laughs> I agree. And just to change the, the stigmatism <laughs> of it, because it's important. I think it starts with the self-worth. I remember growing up being raised in a Caribbean family. You're limited to so much. So it's like either you're a teacher, a doctor, a nurse. Like, you know, if I said I wanted to be an artist in paint, it was like, well, you should try something else. For me raising my daughter and my sons, it's like, listen here, speak up. What is it do you love about you? Like I try to teach them to kind of know within themselves and not give them the answers, you know, so that they don't have that same uh, dynamic that I had to grow up in. That's so important. So good one, Amber. Anyone else? Sometimes I also feel like it's my own insecurity because of the way that things were, you know, maybe when I was younger or just anytime. So now what I try to do is like, Amber, who's making you feel like that? Like, is it the audience that's making you feel like that? Or is that your yourself? Like, if there's something that's some, like, let's just say you're asking a question, Chevy. And I'm like, okay, well, I know the answer and I want to say it, but like, I'm afraid people are going to look at me or they're going to judge me. It's like, well, those people may not even be judging you, you know? And even if they are, is that your own um, insecurity where you're thinking those thoughts in your head? And then like, you have to get a step closer. Like, how can you just forget about that? Like, you know, it may be as simple as like, oh, you want to post something on Instagram or social media. And then it's like, no, uh, this person might say this, this person might say this, this person might say that. But it's like, by you posting, you really may like hit the nail on the head for somebody. 
Um, so don't let your insecurity, like there's people connected to what you have to say. And those people that need to receive what you have to say, a thousand percent, I promise you, they will receive it. Like a hundred percent, they will receive it. And the people who aren't, they won't just let them go. Like, that's fine. And I think I'm saying this as I'm speaking, saying this to myself as well. Do you know, just be more secure in the voice that God gave us. Um, you know, if he's called you to do something, if he's told you to do something, just don't be scared about doing it. Just walk in confidence and walk in boldness. So true. And I think that's important for us just in general. Now, it doesn't have to be a woman thing. It, yeah. It's just in general as humans, we, we really, and I think what it is is because it becomes a negative trait. Whoever put, put that on you probably felt that within themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why I believe, like when I started to think about the question, I'm like, wow, how did it start? It really, it, it's probably a negative trait that someone felt within themselves. So now because of that, they shine that light on you. And now it's something that you develop now to be negative within yourself. And um, it's important that we make sure that when people tell me things, I always have to say, where did you get that from? What did I do to make you see that about me? Like, I, I have, I need full details on it so that I can see and then say, well, you know, I don't really see that about myself. Or maybe you're right. Maybe I can look and kind of, kind of reflect a little bit to see how you got that. I feel like we're, it's society. So culture, yes. Culture, yes. But it's just society in general as a whole, like, we're women, we're taught, you know, we're taught gender roles. We're kind of raised to be domesticated. And yes, it does have to do with culture and society as a whole, though, with gender roles and everything. Like, like you said, growing up, just cooking, cleaning and being a good wife and things like that. Like we're taught to be in a box and not like a powerhouse. We're not taught to be a leader. We're not taught to that, that, transcends beyond the household like yeah you know the woman of the house and she does everything she runs the household but like beyond that we're not taught beyond that, that we're is not true. we're not taught that like we're naturally taught to dim our light and I feel like to break out of that that's when we have to realize like we just become so powerful when we stop dimming our light for others I think society naturally makes women dim their light. It's like it just generally in the workplace, it shows up in small things, you know, to be mindful of that, that I feel like it, it is society and we have to really like push through and push. And like she said, and speak up anyway, like push past that, that silence, push past that fear to feel like, you know, okay, maybe I shouldn't, or what, what are they going to think? Like, no, like, like we really, it's like, we're trying to to put our foot down for things that we should just naturally, it should just be that way. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's true. We should just naturally be treated equal, like our male counterparts, but no, we have, everything has to be like this, you know, huge groundbreaking um, effort. And it's, it is sad, but we have to do it. We have to speak up anyway. We have to, you know, speak about the car dealerships because if we can do it in these little things, it can be definitely, it'll be much easier to be done in, you know, in big things, like you said, like Madam Vice President. It, it, and it's also inspiring. It's also very inspiring. So, because if you, if, if a woman sees another woman doing it, it'll give her, you know, some inspiration to do it herself and know that, okay, she, you know, she transcended this 
and look how much of a success it was. So maybe it will be successful for me. I know for me in the workplace, there are times where I have like my male coworkers that would say things and be like, nah, I got you. Don't worry, you're cool. And then they start to get out of line. And then I'm like, you see, that's why. And then I'm mad at myself. I'm down at myself for, you know, thinking, all right, well, I took his word and I didn't want to be so mean because he said he got me. And then now you're disrespecting me, you know, because would you have spoke like that to your another male coworker? No, you wouldn't. So I think it's just as women, it's hard. If we're nice, then they take advantage. And then if we're, we're not nice, then we're called all these names. If when we set boundaries, they're just, you know, like it's not respected, it's not received. So we go forth with just boundary. No, thank you. You know, sometimes we just got to be that way. So they know what's up from the beginning. That's right. Because <laughs> then if they cross the bridge, it's another Chevy on the next side waiting for you. It's not the same one. Um, so I work in a warehouse and of course we get shipments and it's cool. It's apparel. Some are heavy, some are not, but it doesn't matter because I work out. I'm a fitness junkie. I lift weights. Like, there's nothing, whatever. I, I take the shipments. It's so funny. Pretty much 90% of the drivers, I have myself and my male coworker. They want to help me. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm going to help you. And I just take the thing. I'm like, no, I got it. <laughs> like, you know, I just take it. But it's like, he's right next to me. And he's not asking, he knows what I'm capable of. So he's not asking, you know, hey, like, let me help you. Like, but the the driver, the delivery driver is, they always offer the help to me. And I just think it's funny because it's like, what makes you think, if anything, I probably bench more than my coworker who is a male. If, <laughs> if I work out more than, I know I work out more than him. And it's not a competition at all. It's just, it's just what makes you just assume. It's just the assumption that, you know, like women, we're strong. Don't just assume, you know, I'm, I'm capable. That's all. That's all. You know, I so, just, we shouldn't have to scream. I'm capable. Like we should just be seen as that. I agree. My question to you though, what would change that? Um, if they ask a general question to both you and your male coworker, like, Hey, do you guys need help? Would that change that dynamic for you? Oh, or, yeah, of course. Okay. Because you see, okay. It's a lot of boxes and it's only two people. Then that would be different. So I'm going to move on to our next question. So the next question is, um, and if you guys have an answer to it, was share something you have dealt with and become silent about. What was the outcome? I'm going to start. When I was a child, there was a situation where my sisters were, I guess, a fast paced learner and I was a bit slower. So it was something that made me very insecure-ish. <laughs> I guess I never spoke about it because I felt like in my mind, I had to challenge myself to always be fast because they were great there. And I would hear my family members would say like, you know, well, you know, your sister's good and she can do this quick and your other sister's good. And she can do it like you need to be quick. So I was silent about, but it was very hurtful and that it ate me alive for a lot of years. So I never really, like Amber was saying before, I wasn't the type to speak out for things. And I wasn't the type to volunteer myself because I remember that I'm not the fast paced girl. I'm not the smart girl because I always had that comparison to my sisters. And that was the outcome of that. For me, they labeled me this, not this, 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 I can't speak. 
dyslexic. Sick, Lord, mercy. Uh, yes, um, in school because I was a very slow learner, and I didn't know if it was. I don't think I was slow. I just think I just I wasn't a fan of school. Like I didn't even up until college. Like I didn't. I never understood the point of going to school to learn about people who already are dead. Like I can find. I can like learn on my own, and so I would never focus or pay attention. So I guess. Um, they labeled me as that and I would always have to have extra time on the standardized tests and be in a separate room and be in the, you know, the special classes and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how is this helping me? It's just like diminishing my self-esteem even more because one, you're like um, in the little extra class, you're on the small bus <laughs> and you feel like everybody's looking at you because they're waiting for you to finish because I was always the last one to finish the, you know, those standardized bubble taking tests. But I think just because um, my brain was always moving a mile a minute and I don't know if it was ADHD or just maybe I just couldn't focus. So they kind of just like labeled me as something. And mm-hmm. it was throughout school, like uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, and even in college, I had to have certain classes. So I kind of had that over my head throughout all of um, schooling. And even now, sometimes when I'm like reading or um, doing something, I'm a little slow to come to the plate. And it kind of really messed with my uh, self-esteem because I would be like, well, why am I here and everybody else is finished? Or why can't I ever get, you know, good grades and everybody else is like on honor roll and dean's list and stuff like that. So that for me was just something that I still had to deal with. That's why I'm not <laughs> going back for my master's, even though I'm kind of like contemplating because I'm like, I don't see myself putting myself through that again because I know I'm going to have to have all these special accommodations. And it's just like, when am I going to like grow out of that? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's just something that I've been dealing with. So I guess I have that, but I just maybe think I just didn't like school. <laughs> it could just have been that. I don't know. One of the, the second part of the question, right, is to reflect on taking a different approach. And I want you, because you said you're not going back to doing your master's, but I feel like you went through a bachelor's, an associate's, a high school diploma. You've accomplished so much, no matter what label or what accommodations you needed, you did that. So I want you to not limit yourself because of that and see it as a support, you know, and and that's okay because everyone learns different. Don't compare yourself, you know, don't feel like I'm different because I need that extra support. Girl, if that support got you a bachelor's, it can get you a master's and a doctorate too. And I'll be at your graduation saying, whoop, whoop, you did that. You set the bar high for everyone. And don't feel bad. After going through that as a child, I am like now out of this cocoon where I cannot be quiet. I was the one that I'm like, I'm not speaking. I'm so shy. It's like I never wanted to like, I don't know. I'm I was I'm so shy. And it's so crazy because look at me today. Vin, do you have anything that you dealt with and became silent about? Um, just being shy and being quiet. I was a shy kid, um, literally shy to the point where, like, I was at my mom. I remember specifically, she asked me, she's like, do you want to dance, like take dance classes? And <laughs> I was so shy. I said no, but I would dance my butt off in the room. And like, I wanted to, but I just... You know, I just, I could, that was too much. Like, what do you mean? In a group setting? Are you kidding me? No, you know, but um, that, and that's my passion, like to this day, like that's what makes me happy. So just finding your voice, 
I agree. Steph, did you want to speak on that? Uh, just like Lavinia, I was and still semi-shy um, woman, especially growing up. I could just remember in grade school, like I knew the answer and I just didn't say it. I was just like, oh, I know this. And then when somebody else said the answer, when my elementary teacher said it, asked the question, I'm just like, darn, I should have spoke up or I should have shared this idea. But um, I have to say that I've grown, I don't think completely out of it, but I have to say that I've, I've definitely developed in that area where I am speaking up, especially in the workplace, um, professionally, of course, where I'm sharing my ideas and I'm becoming more involved in committees and, and you know, given my input where I would just be like, all right, my classroom, my students do my testing and that's it. My classroom was like my perfection zone. If I could perfect that area, I'm good. But um, now I just find myself speaking up and communicating more, not just being limited to the classroom, but also joining, I would say about like four different committees now actually um, at work. And also in my, my personal life, like whenever an argument would um, whether it may be with family or with friends, I would just be like, all right, okay, more passive, just like, but then I had so much to say and I didn't say it um, because I was like, you know what? I'm not here for the confrontation. Lord, let me just pray to you. Forgive me. I forgive the person and that's it. But I was still a little bit boiling inside, you know? Um, and I realized that communication is, is necessary in life and to speak up um, and to express yourself respectfully, of course, because you wouldn't want someone else to do that to you as well in any given situation. In addition to that, I, I yeah, that's it. I have to thank God for that, for just like, speak up, my child, speak up. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> and I think I needed that even as a mom. Some days I feel like I can't tell my family that it's too much or I feel like, well, I'm on this journey. I'm on this road. I got to be this super mom and and I'm learning this year. I even asked Vin, I'm like, I need a restoration date where I'm restoring myself. I just need that moment to be able to face and deal with them again. And, and that's important. I just want to share some of the things that the Warriors shared on social media about things as women that we are silenced about. So infertility was one. The stigma and harshness uh, that Black women face when they talk about, you know, infertility that's really that was a good one another one was depression and insecurities I think that's a deep deep one another one was feeling safe during emotional expression a lot of people tell us like don't cry hold your tears you're too strong for that don't show your kids that like yeah no it's okay to cry of course emotional abuse discrimination in the workplace pronounced sexual harassment in the workplace, abuse, physical, verbal, domestic violence. There are so many great things. And thank you, Warriors, for chiming in on this conversation on my social media page about this. I think that was really great. So I would like us to talk about what are the benefits of refusing to be silent? Because now that we all shared um, a situation where we were silent and kind of now we're, we're using our voices, how can we encourage others that there are benefits when you stop and speak. <laughs> Don't feel that you have to stop and keep it in. Let's use our voice. So anybody wants to start with what the benefits are? Yeah, so I was saying the benefits of it is closure. I mean, I know it's a huge word and that does take time to get to that point of whatever the situation is. Closure and 
I know it sounds cliche, but you do feel better when you finally speak up on whatever the situation is. Like I said, it could be something small like your feelings were hurt to something that happened in a relationship or when you were a child and talking about it and having somebody, you know, listening to you and not judging you. That's really what it's about. Having somebody you can voice how you feel or what happened about without having or having that fear of feeling that... <clears throat> you know, what you're saying is going to be looked at as different or weird, or if you say something, they're going to look at you differently. Because I know I'm like that too. Like, I don't want to say certain things that are like too deep or like, you know, too dark that people kind of like move differently after they hear it. Like they tread lightly on <laughs> trying to have conversations with you. And um, it's no knock against them, but some people just aren't built to handle all the information at once. You kind of got to like ease <laughs> the conversation into Right. topic into the conversation sometimes you yeah. want like the basis conversation relationship versus like so how's your day oh my boyfriend's with me and i just got run over by a car what the all i asked was how your day was like some people don't need that and i feel like closure having that weight lifted off your shoulders and as well as you getting a peace of mind because you know that's a powerful thing to lose and also get back so I really feel like those three things, at least in my experience, and just uh, people to like take away to voice up on things that's happened. Closure, peace of mind, and just finally getting the weight lifted off. If you can move on with your life and not have this thing hovering over like every decision you make. The benefits for me as um, I think a lot of my silence came from trauma. Trauma from childhood, trauma from relationships. And if you know me personally, you'll know the depths of that. I shared about uh, my relationship with domestic violence and me not having a voice, me not knowing my worth, me not knowing how to love myself. So when I decided to do the work and understand what a healthy relationship looks like and not um, a relationship with someone else, but a healthy relationship with myself, loving myself again, understanding who I am. That allowed me to understand the value of my voice. And I think what it is, is that we're so used to, because if it's something that you've grown in and raised in, you don't know that it's a brighter side on the other side. So the reflection part was, that was the journey that I took to kind of understand that, wow, this is not okay. Like I said, I love to write. So in my writing, I would read and I'm like, whoa, I just went through that. Whoa, uh, that happened to me. And it was sad. It was like watching a Netflix movie, but I'm the, the star in it. So, you know, with that, I'm able to kind of stop. I'm able to redirect. I'm able to, to identify the things that I needed to work on. And in that journey, I am now, I feel much lighter. I always tell everybody it's the best diet ever. <laughs> I am able to identify the things within myself that I can utilize my voice in and not utilize it in anger, but in a healthy way to advocate for myself and for women around the world. Hence to why we have Women of Reflection today. The benefit of refusing to be silent to me means like we regain power and we feel you know, kind of like we're on top of the world when we are able to be expressive and, and vocal to others and have them receive it, you know, and then make also make necessary change if there's, you know, change that does need, you know, needs to be made. So that's basically it. Um, having your voice can make change, knowing that it can make a, a lasting impact, 
you know, it's kind of like the saying, if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. Mm -hmm. If you're quiet, you know, you could be blocking so much. So the closing question is, with having a female vice president and seeing a change in history, how can we encourage all women to value their voice? I just want to leave the Warriors and our audience with at least one phrase on the importance of the value in their voice. I feel like people should try and just try. I mean, it sounds kind of like basic, but just try. Just take that extra step to doing or saying something that's kind of, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, it's weird at first because it was for me doing it too, because I would rather do it on audio and have people see my face. But um, just to try, just to take that step, that leap of faith and step out of your little bubble, and just try and say something and see what happens. You may fall or you could get great results. I just feel like we should, as women, as leaders, as warriors, as you'd love to say, just to try and, um, you know, go like a little step further than what we're normally used to. So I, what I usually have been saying to myself is don't dim your light to brighten someone else's. Um, and you can interpret that in any way that, that you want, but absolutely, we, we tend to shrink ourselves um, so that we can make someone else feel um, maybe more comfortable. So playing too silent will have you overlooked, underpaid, and underbooked. Sometimes you got to talk your sh- move like you it, and remind people who you are. I love it. The phrase that comes to mind is, you matter. You're, you're, you're here for a reason. So that means your opinion matters and your idea matters. So if you disagree with any matter, you can express that respectfully. And if you have an idea in any situation, you can express that respectfully as well. And I wanted to end with something that I think about daily. I always tell my, even um, in my teen support group that your voice has value. And no matter what, I know everybody has this kind of dream from when they're young, how their life should be. But some of us in our journey, we make U-terms. We have uh, mountains thrown at us, rocks. Uh, hurricanes there's so much things that shake our life and it may not go the direction that we dream of but anything that you've experienced in life has value so with that being said I like to give the analogy of a plant and thinking about sowing the seed and each journey and everything that you face in life sow that seed because that seed has value it can grow up to be a sunflower it can grow up to be a rose whatever plant you sow, it still grows to be something. And I want us to kind of think of our voice that way. Don't hide it. Don't bury it, but use it as a seed because no matter what you've experienced or faced in life, our voice has value. And what we've gone through can definitely make a difference in encouraging someone else. So if we keep it to ourselves, it's really no benefit. But helping someone else and telling them, look, look, sis, I've been through this and this is the journey I took. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. We need to really support, not look down, not hide, not cover, but really just use our voices to be the seeds to grow and not just for our community and our age group, for the young girls that are in the generations to come. So thank you guys for tuning in, (laughs) joining in and being my guest panelist for this Women History Month. It's important. And I'm happy that I have you guys as my sisters to make 
a difference for women around the world. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you.